Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Before we get into the show, a fun fact. This podcast was actually born out of a newsletter that we started way back in 2012. Yes, that is before Substack was even born. People really seem to like it, and we think you will too, especially if you like this podcast. It is a quick hit list of 10 things we've discovered recently that we love. Everything from recipes to beauty products to books to tools to truly anything that excites us, like an Instagram post we saw and just can't stop thinking about. We send it every Monday, except for some holidays that we take off, like sane people, and it is free. Sign up at a thing or two hq.com. Okay, here's the show. Thank you so much to MoMA Design Store for sponsoring today's episode and for being such longtime supporters of our show. So MoMA Design Store is the home of good design and has something for everyone you're gifting this spring because like gifting this spring is a thing. Moms, dads, grads, that whole whole situation. Exactly. Every product is reviewed by MoMA curators, the same ones responsible for what's on view at the museum. MoMA Design Store's selection process means every item meets their good design vision. They truly have something at every price point. MoMA Design Store has unique relationships with designers that allow them to offer more exclusives, meaning you can't find the same product at any other store. I have to say, I always forget that there's a second major gifting season in the year. It's not just Christmas and Hanukkah. It's also Mother's Day, Father's Day, graduation. Also, if you happen to have gotten married in spring, which so many people do, maybe you have an anniversary coming up. It's just a lot all at once. So we have some gifting thoughts from MoMA Design Store. Their outdoor furniture is just like the hidden secret of the outdoor furniture world, because it is so hard to find good looking outdoor furniture at a decent price. It's not a zillion dollars. Theirs is so good. They have the spaghetti lounge chair, which is out in new colors that are all so good. It's like a legit lounge chair. They have the Amigo, they have the Dondolina. And you know, we have for a long time been pushing their lawn chair, their classic. I have one. I have one. You do. Yeah. It was given to me as a gift. It's great. We've also been like loving and pushing their Rowie ceramics for so long. And now they have a new sort of line of them because they did this collab with the founder of Apartamento magazine, Omar Sosa. And let me tell you, this stuff is so chic. The colors are so good. Well, I like this cinnamon color. It's good, right? Yes, yes, yes. They also have these bowls that can nest and stack. And, you know, I know you thought you'd seen it all with bowls, but I do kind of feel like these bowls are a little bit different and very like decorative and chic. And then this is my pitch for Thomas, which is also Mm. probably like a cute Mother's Day gift or something. The last tissue pack. So it's this little tissue pack, but they're reusable tissues. You can use them up to 
like something like 250 times and you can wash them in the washing machine. And then the little pack is dishwasher safe. Oh. I just felt like Thomas would like it. Cause he's a handkerchief. Well, he's guy. a handkerchief person. Yeah. Yes. So I thought maybe this could be good for him. Yeah. And for all the moms who put a piece of Kleenex in their sleeve, this could be their upgrade. Exactly. Into it, into it, into it. There's also these very fun slippers. These are the Momo Subu slippers. They are made out of a recycled material. They feel very Mother's Day friendly, but I got to say also, honestly, grads too. You got a high school grad going to college and need some indoor outdoor slippers. These are, these are for you. Or also, you know what? A gift card to the MoMA design store or a MoMA membership if you have someone who lives in New York. So any of these great gifts for all of the million holidays that suddenly pop up in spring, you can shop online at store.moma.org slash a thing or two or in store at New York City in Soho, Midtown, and in the museum. User mention code a thing or two online or in U.S. stores for 10% off your purchase now through May 29th. Every purchase supports the museum's collection and education programs. Cannot be combined with other offers and restrictions may apply. Welcome to A Thing or Two, a deep dive into stuff we think more people should know about. I'm Claire Mazer. And I'm Erica Cerullo. If you want more where this came from, want to support us in general, head to a thing or two hq.com and sign up for a secret menu, which will get you weekly access to members only content. To share your thoughts on this episode or anything at all, leave us a voicemail at 833-632-5463 or DM us on Instagram at a thing or two hq. We have some really good voicemails coming up at the end of this episode. Yes, we had asked when we talked about praise and polish, what the sorority equivalent of praise and polish is. And we got two really good responses that are just, we cackled <laughs> through both of them. I'm sure great. you will too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were great. Exactly. Exactly. I did ask you if we could beef up that section by having you do a retro, like a, a reflection on your time as a sorority, as an active sorority <laughs> member. And you you declined. I was <laughs> you like, declined I was the, oppor- the speaking opportunity. <laughs> you know what, Claire? The fee wasn't high enough. I understand. <laughs> you have to stick to your. You have to stick to that fee, and that's important. <laughs> and I understand. So instead, we're just going to let these these people who do have something to say speak to their experiences on in with sorority life. To be fair, University of Chicago sorority life was not not all. It was small potatoes. That, yeah, yeah. It was small potatoes for sure. For sure. And what you and I are going to talk about Mm -hmm. are things that people have recommended during Guest Thingies episodes Mm -hmm. that we have tried and like reporting back. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So one one rec that I took was from Ramon Alam, who recommended, he recommended in general audiobooks during chores, which is Mm. just a solid rec. Solid wreck. It does make chores. It's honestly a bit of a life-changing wreck. Oh, it really is. I, it reminded me. So Chris, every Monday night does our trash takeout and has to, and it's a pretty involved process. I'm not going to get into it, but I'm always. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Keep going. But I'm, I find it ridiculous. And I always say, you know, there's this youth organization in our neighborhood who we can pay to do it. Why don't we just pay them to do it? And he is, he's like, you know, because as much as I gripe about it at the end of the day, that's when I listen to my shows because he listens to his Sunday shows. He listens to Meet the Press, Meet the and, press. and all Meet those Meet the things. Press at, at two, t- 2X speed or yes, whatever. Yes, it, it's yeah. awful. And he's Ooh, like, so, okay. so yes, I hate it, but I also kind of love it because I that's when I get to listen to those shows. And I will say that after, so Ramon recommended Empire of Pain, which I 
listen to. And it is such a gripping book that it really did make me be like, this is not going to be annoying to do these chores. I feel like maybe I even flossed more in the weeks during which I was listening to this because I was just willing to spend a little bit more time on it. I've started to do most of my chores. Thomas has been going back to work two days a week to an Mm -hmm. office. And I've started to do my chores on the days when he's at the office so that I can listen to an audiobook or a podcast without without headphones. headphones. I refuse yeah. to listen with headphones. Headphones yeah, are I too mean, annoying. Yes. Yeah, it's a different experience. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, but well, I have to say one thing about Empire of Pain that I really appreciated as the the book for this particular task is that if Chris came in the room while I was listening, it wasn't annoying for him because this mm. It's the type of book that you can step in and out of. You have enough context. You know, it's about the Sackler family who- You know how fucked the whole thing is. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so you're like, he would come in and, and hear a little bit. Like he'd hear about just one little moment in this long saga. Also, because this book is so mind-blowing and I, I, I truly, every piece of it, I wanted to- get on Twitter if I use Twitter and be like, did you all know this? But I would run to Chris and, and tell him like, here's what I learned today. Here's this fun fact. Like this is not even related specifically to the to Purdue Pharma and the Sacklers. But one of the mind blowing things I learned was that a lot of the times when the government is con- considering pursuing litigation against a corporation, if that corporation is public and the, they're pursuing litigation about something that the corporation kept private from its shareholders. They don't want to dick over the shareholders. So they hesitate to bring a lawsuit against this company that's going to drain it of all its money and make and make all the shareholders lose so much value, which I was that just sounds like, exactly like how things would work. Exactly. So I was like, wow, we complain, complain, complain about how we don't you know, pursue, we don't hold corporations to account and we treat them like people and da, 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 da. And this is one aspect of this that I totally hadn't considered that that the government's like, we don't want to gut all these shareholders for something they're not responsible for. I will say, you know, the, the counterpoint (laughs) of this or not counterpoint, but one of the reasons that the government has been very willing to pursue litigation against Purdue Pharma, well, not one of the reasons, but this wasn't an issue because Purdue Pharma is private and was owned entirely by the Sackler family. So I've been super interested in this book in general because it's a mind-blowing story. i close to someone who died from an opioid overdose. And I was also kind of nervous to read it for two reasons. One, yeah. I was worried it was just going to be too hard. And two, it's really, really long. And I was just like, I don't, I, that's going to take me a year to read. I Something about doing it in audio m- made it, easier to sort of, I don't know, not get so emotional about it. I mean, obviously I got emotional about it, but there was something where I felt like it was the right amount of distance. I was also, because I was doing it during chores, brushing yeah. my teeth, whatever, I was breaking it up into these Well, and you were moments. also getting it like 85% of your headspace as opposed to 100% I think maybe. that's it. Yeah, yeah. you're not- Because like, if you're sitting with a book, yes. it's like hard in reading, it's hard to do anything else or to think about anything else. You get yeah. really steeped in it, yes. Yeah. So when you're also doing something else, you can, you're sort of half in your life and half in the life of the book. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for whatever reason, nonfiction just works best for me. And in audiobooks, I was looking at the audiobooks that I've completed and really liked. And all of the ones that I've had a very successful listening experience with have been nonfiction. So Becoming by Michelle Obama, For the Children by Flea, Uncanny Valley by Anna Wiener, Miracle and Wonder by Malcolm Gladwell slash Paul Simon, all just excellent audio experiences, all nonfiction. And I have also started and not finished a lot of fiction books on audio. And I think 
fiction maybe just like requires you to have that really intimate experience that I don't as much have with audio. I do listen to some romance in YA as mm. audiobooks mm-hmm. and like like that experience, especially if there's someone very talented doing the narration. But when it comes to nonfiction, I like, how do you feel about a non-author, like someone who's not the author reading? Great question. I think all of those ones that I just read to you were that were read by the author. And I think that made a difference. about it. Like, I feel like it's like, if it's their work, I want to hear them. I don't know. I really like, I've really liked the Michael Pollan books as audio books. I think of what else I've listened to nonfiction that, you know, well, we've talked a lot about celebrity memoirs and some right. of those I've listened to. I think you're right that ha- that with nonfiction especially, it really does have to be the author reading it and it does make a difference. And with something like this, so Patrick Radden Keefe wrote Empire of Pain and it is so insanely researched. I mean, I just, I, I need a second book on how, on his process with this basically. But it does feel like he's so close to it and you, it's nice to hear him. And it's nice to hear the intonation of sort of, when he's being a little sarcastic or when there's outrage and stuff like that, it's it's helpful. You get the feeling that the yeah. intent, the intent. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. do. I, I, I'm not the first person to, to recommend this, but I really recommend this book. I will say I felt like I had a pretty decent sense of this story just because it's something I've, I've always, or I, I have long followed and been interested in and, and outraged by. And it's such a crazier story than you know from just having a surface level understanding of it. It is truly wild. And it's just like the hits keep on coming and coming and coming and coming. And it reveals, I think, a lot of just bigger sort of universal truths about the ways in which our government is fucked, our the pharmaceutical industry is fucked, all of these things. So it, it, it feels like it's relevant beyond just this specific crisis. Highly recommend it. How long was the audiobook? Do you remember? Oh my God. I think it was like 18 hours wow. and I couldn't believe I finished it. Hold on. Let me just look while we're here because I can tell you. So it was like 17 or 18 hours at 1.1 speed. Wow. So yeah. And somehow I did it. I did. I, I, <laughs> I really was like, I'll never finish this thing. But I did because it was, it's gripping in the way that good fiction is, honestly. Right. I mean, it, it's, right. an, it's an insane story. Thank you so much to Athletic Greens for sponsoring today's episode. I have to tell you, when we first came across this product, I was like, I don't know. Is this a, is this a good thing? Is this legit? Is this a scam? I don't know. Well, there are a lot of powders in the world. We yeah. need to be suspicious of them. Right. Yeah. It's one of these powders you mix into the water and it's got like vitamins and nutrients and real foods in it. So I reached out to my friend whose whole entire thing, like his entire personal life, his entire career is being on top of this stuff. And I said, what's the deal with athletic greens? And he was like, it is so legit. I stand by this product. I take this product. So I was like, okay, if you're into it, if you're giving it the seal of approval, I will try it. And I have to say, I'm into it. I like, I've been doing it. It's a habit I've been able to keep up with. And I feel like it's, it's given me a lot of nutrients that some days I'm just fully missing. Cause those days go by where you just don't have a vegetable somehow. I started taking AG one because some days it's like 4 PM and I realize, Oh God, everything I've eaten so far today is beige. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all those things. It's compliant with all sorts of diets, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. Your subscription comes with a year's supply of vitamin D, which is that vitamin that I feel like we're always being told we don't get enough of, at least Claire and I, and it's hard to absorb. The cost of AG1 breaks down to less than $3 a day, so you're investing in your health and it's cheaper than a cold brew habit. 
Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you free one-year supply of immune-boosting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash a thing or two. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash a thing or two to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thank you so much to Shopify for sponsoring today's episode. I was listening to this businessy podcast the other day and they were talking about how virtually like all the big retail businesses that have started in the last, I don't know, five to 10 years, they're all on Shopify. Like obviously there's plenty that's not, but but the standard sort of big retail startup that you know is using Shopify to power their e-commerce. And it was like, it's just so crazy and incredible because remember in 2010, when we started Shopify, it was, it was the platform for, you know, your, your little homegrown startup that you wanted to just like get off the ground quickly and easily. Well, and it was so expensive to build. People were building these custom like checkout situations, which is so expensive and changes everything. But now you don't have to do that. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business. So upstart startups and established businesses alike can sell everywhere. Synchronize online and in-person sales and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility with a million milestones and constant evolution needs. We grew of a kind over the course of nine years. And though you might not have realized from the outside, our e-commerce functionality was constantly being tweaked and upgraded on the back end, and Shopify was able to hand all of it. Shopify powers millions of businesses from first sale to full scale. You can reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. More than a store, Shopify grows with you. This is Possibility powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash a thing or two, all lowercase for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash a thing or two right now. That's shopify.com slash a thing or two. We're so proud to partner with this company and we're so grateful to you for supporting the sponsors to make it possible for us to bring you the show every week. Have you been looking for a place to talk all things parenting? And I'm not talking about who makes the best stroller, but the really important stuff like how to be a better and more connected parent or how to raise children with empathy. Well, you are in the right place, folks. My name is Brandy Jordan, and I am a doula and parenting expert. And this is my show, Dear Doula. I will be giving you practical and impactful tips to parent with more joy, more calm, and more ease. I will also be talking to parents and experts who will be helping us to reimagine what it looks like to nurture ourselves and parent in more gentle and mindful ways. I am so excited to be in community with all of you. Can't wait to hear from you. Can I share a Ruman rec that I've liked that's that's quite different? Yes. This app called Fitbod. The name is truly awful. Like, name is truly, ridiculous. Truly awful. The UX, or like the, not even the UX, the branding aligns with the name. It feels I was very sh- like... Thank you for knowing that that was my next question. And I was didn't know how to ask it without sounding like a jerk. But like, is the branding as cheesy as the name? You know, the numbers in the app look like they're racing forward, right? Like <laughs> They're in a hurry. Uh-huh. Everything's a little bit like that. But the thing is, the customization of this app is really wonderful for workouts, but specifically for strength workouts. So... Um, unlike Nike Run Club or Peloton or whatever, it's like very focused on these like, you know, maybe you're going to do like 40 reps of something mm-hmm. and you're telling it how many days a week you want to be doing this, how long each of those times, and then what equipment you have for at home. And that thing felt like so useful because yes. it's like, 
I, I don't have much of anything. Mm-hmm. And you can do like body weight only, but I do have like a foam roller and I do have a couple of resistance bands or whatever. You can enter all of that in. If you're going to a gym and you have access to like a leg press or whatever, you can add all of those things. And then it tells you, it like programs your workout. It targets different muscle groups on different days so that you have time for recovery. Mm-hmm. It shows you if you don't know what the exercise looks like. It like, you know, there's video to show you how to do it. It just felt like actually exactly what this thing was supposed to be. It sounds really good. Maybe I'll try it. I remember Ramon saying he was doing like 45 or 90 minute workouts. I feel like he's he like was doing, doing like 90, 90 minutes. minutes. Yeah, it was Claire, insane. Mine were like 15 minute workouts. That's perfect. That's perfect for days when I'm like, workout. I want to supplement yoga with something mm-hmm. else. It just, yeah, it just feels very like efficient. The other thing that I loved is that you can exclude exercises if mm. there's something that you absolutely absolutely hate, which I really valued because I mean, maybe it's that you, you know, maybe it's that you've like injured yourself or that you've like, you know, there's all of that too. But I personally hate it so much when you're in a yoga class or whatever. Mm -hmm. And the teacher says, whatever you like the least is probably the best for you. Yeah. I, I hear that mantra in my head a lot whenever I'm exercising. I was like, I should do this thing. I I'm really okay hating chair pose and just not doing chair pose. Mm-hmm. Like I'm fine with it. Cause like actually what's best for me is that I'm there doing exercise. Yes, like I, I just, I just don't need to feel like guilt or shame about not liking a certain exercise. And so it's yeah. like very nice to be able to go in and say no to a I'm burpee. I'm not going to do a burpee. If you, yeah. yeah. If you don't want to do a burpee, you don't have to do a burpee. You know what? Nobody likes doing burpees. And by the way, Joe Holder does not like burpees and he doesn't ever assign them. And that just gave me permission for the rest of my life to never do a burpee. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. You will not live a lesser life if you don't do a burpee. That's right. You know, the other thing I like about this is I, I do, you know, I tend to a lot, a certain amount of time for my workouts. I'll be like, okay, I'm going to go do a 30 minute strength workout on Peloton. But then I spend 15 minutes scrolling through deciding which workout I'm going to do. So I like the idea (laughs) of somebody telling me, no, this is the one you're going to do. You're not going to Yes. Yes. You can do a free trial, which I did without entering billing information and all of that. It just like gives you a couple of workouts. And then from there, it's $80 a year or $13 a month. So $80 yeah. a year is a move. You just. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, just, commit a couple just, months and then, yeah. then bump it up. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I'm yeah. into that. Maybe I'll give it a shot. I recommend it. I want to regroup once you do for sure. Okay. You also tried DGL. I tried which, DGL. I, I can show it to you in my cute pill container. Oh, so cute. I love that. Yeah. I bought a chic, chic, maybe not the right word. I bought a cool, bedazzled uh, pill, <laughs> pill container, mm-hmm. pill, pill bottle, bottle, jar. Yeah, it's I a don't pill know. bottle. Pill bottle from Etsy for my DGLs, which was a Harling Ross Anton recommendation. So she took this. She was getting really, really bad indigestion and acid reflux. And when we talked to her, I was also having acid reflux and was like, oh, yeah. So DGL is deglycerizinated licorice, which basically is a processed form of licorice where they remove a lot of the glycerizin, mm-hmm. which makes it safer for long-term use and, and, and helps to avoid some drug interactions that can take place. So licorice root has been used for like 
you know, hundreds, thousands mm-hmm. of years to treat all kinds of things. And this is used for peptid ulcers, canker sores, and reflux. And this is the part yeah. where you say, I'm not a doctor. This is not, not a medical doctor. advice. Not a doctor. <laughs> it is not FDA regulated. So the ingredients can vary from, you know, brand to brand. It can interact with other medicines. It can have other risks if you're pregnant. Pregnant, Like, obviously, do mm-hmm. not take medical advice from us. But this worked for me for this reflux. And I will say- Do you take um, it- before or after you eat or you just take it daily? The recommendation is to take a couple of them after meals. I was just taking like one and okay. and not after every meal. And they're chewable? Um, they're chewable. They okay. look, I'll show you what they look like. They look like a sweet tart, basically. Ooh. They have that weird muted color of like okay. a grape yeah. sweet tart. So it's they look chalky. chalky. Exactly. Okay. And Harling said that they had a nice taste and she's right. And I don't like licorice as a flavor mm-hmm. or like black licorice as a flavor or like anise, but they do have sugar in them. So they are okay. like sweet. And, it's a treat. Um, it's maybe over, maybe not like a full <laughs> treat, like right. a half treat. I don't okay. know. Yeah. But they like made a difference for me. And when I, you know, went on vacation, I packed them. So that's okay. that's like where that's the status they hold. It's a in real testament. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I like it better for sure than like a chewable pes- Pepto Bismol or something. Yeah, you know? well, one thousand. Who likes a chewable Pepto Bismol? Even I mean, Tums. Like, oh, I can't taste again after pregnancy. I cannot. I cannot. Exactly. Come close. So well, that's you know, pricing. Try this. try this if that's a thing for you. So and if you're not pregnant and if your doctor says it's okay. Right. <laughs> But don't do it because Erica told you to. Not do it because me, you no. want to. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Um, I have another rec that I took somebody up on. Kelly Lynn Wright of Yun's Hardware recommended this seltzer delivery service, which is just beyond charming. So it's this guy, Ronnie. He fills up seltzer in those old school glass style seltzer bottles. Old timey. Old timey. Old timey. Yeah. <laughs> puts them in these old-timey wooden crates and he will drop them off for you at regularly scheduled inter- intervals in his in his minivan. So Kelly recommended this and I was immediately like, yes, I want this because I have I've long had a seltzer addiction of sorts and I just in the last year or so have fully given myself over to it. And that way that I think a lot of people these days are just like sure, certain things that we like might be expensive or wasteful or whatever, but can we just have these small things because they pale in comparison to everything else happening in the world? That's right. And seltzer is my thing where I've just decided this is my tiny luxury that I want. And I have an Arca seltzer maker and I will be honest, and it's just so lazy. Sometimes I just don't feel like having to make my own seltzer. It takes less than a minute, but I still just don't want to do it sometimes. And I really like well, having Because sometimes the luxury is not having to make your own. Yeah, exactly. So Chris got me this for Valentine's Day. And he, when he presented to me, he was like, I'm giving you the gift of the seltzer subscription, but also the gift is that it was so insanely hard for me to get a hold of Ronnie and to buy the subscription. And he's like, I had to do so much work to just like get this man to accept my money. I can't remember all the details, but I know that at some point Chris was having to talk to Ronnie's wife and asking Ronnie's wife to like get in touch with Ronnie. God knows how that happened. They will link to Ronnie's Facebook page and his phone number is on there. So just call or text him. I think that's the most direct way to- And like maybe six or seven times. Yeah. You got to try. You got to really want it. But basically, so every two weeks, Ronnie texts Chris and is like, I'll be there tomorrow morning between X time and X time. He shows up in his minivan full of these crates and we give him the old empties and he gives us a new one. And he's like a little bit grumpy, but also you can tell he likes us and it's sweet. Curmudgeonly. Yeah. He's curmudgeonly, just the way I like all my old men. And 
All of the bottles are different. This week we got a blue one. I was like, we've never gotten a blue one before. A blue glass one. This is so exciting. They're all different. They're all ancient. Some of them work a lot better than others. They all, you sort of have to like, you know, jigger the handle a little bit and sort of figure out how to use it. And a lot of them come out really fast and you make a total mess and you waste like a tenth of the bottle. But it, the entire experience top to bottom from like contacting Ronnie to pouring your seltzer is hyper-specific, very unpredictable, hyper-analog. And that's all what just, I think, gives it its charm. I feel like I want someone to make an animated short about the life of these bottles. Like these bottles all have their own personality. They all have their own look. They all go from different house to different house to different house. They've all been around forever. They all know each other really well at this point. Some of them are holding up better than others. I just, there's a story there. There's a Pixar film there. That's right. That's exactly what it is. We talked a handful of episodes ago about the joy of a frictionless experience Mm. and just like, God, that was just like so seamless, so Mm -hmm. easy, like just coasted straight through it. Can you believe how the timing worked out? Snap. Like, This is the opposite of that. But I think that there's like actually something magical about that too when you know that it's going to be full of friction and you know it's going to be a massive pain in the ass. And like, that's like- part of the buy-in. Like, I feel like I'm interested in either frictionless or like all (laughs) friction, but it's the middle ground that's kind of like, This is total friction from the sign up to the delivery to the pouring of the water. It's all just like, you don't know what you're going to get, but I love it. And you know what? It's great seltzer and it's really fun. And just, I don't know how, we don't get to have a relationship with people like Ronnie that much these days. I like it. Yeah. It's like there was that period of time where we were buying, you know, baked goods, like early pandemic, (laughs) buying baked goods over Instagram and like meeting (laughs) someone on a street corner to get them. It's like, that was fun to like get a cardamom bun on a street corner. (laughs) It is exactly like that. Yeah. Thank you so much to Studs for sponsoring today's episode. Erica, I feel like we've lived through a new era of jewelry styling that didn't exist prior to maybe 2010 because it started Mm -hmm. with the arm party. For sure. And then the neck mess. And now it's earscaping, which yes. is like, you know, picking out all the different earrings for your many different holes in your ears. And I just feel like- And like making par- them a whole look. Like making not them just, a whole look. Yeah. 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 And I just feel like that's something that our parents' generation did not have this, this uh, fashion moment of, of different jewelry styling like that. Well, you know, also their ears had less holes in them most likely. Yeah. And so there was less, the canvas was just much smaller. It's true. It's true. Studs is the new ear piercing and earring brand that invented the term earscaping, which is the art and science of styling all your ear piercings and mixing and matching styles for a vibe that's totally you. Studs are safe and comfortable for even the most sensitive ears. They won't turn you green. All styles are lightweight and durable enough to wear all the time, and you can even sleep and work out in them. The Studs assortment is super affordable, starting at just $10 an earring, but everything looks really premium. Studs has over 250 styles of hoops, huggies, studs, cuffs, and dangles, all sold in singles or pairs. So it's easy to create an earscape that's a statement look or one you keep in every day. They've totally reimagined the piercing experience. So if you're looking to upgrade your earscape and get some more holes or just want a pro to give you some styling advice, they have locations in LA, New York, Austin, Nashville, Miami, Boston, and they only pierce with needles, never guns, which is a really big deal. It is safer and better for you. They're dying for you to try them out. And if you go to studs.com slash a thing or two, you'll automatically get 20% off your first order. This is their best offer. So run, don't walk. That's S-T-U-D-S.com slash A-T-H-I-N-G-O-R-T-W-O for 20% off. 
Thank you so much to Papaya Reusables for sponsoring today's episode. I know this feels like really like getting into the nitty gritty or just like parsing this too much, but you know, when you wipe off a surface with a sponge, it's just like still wet and it gets streaky. I mean, I think what you're trying to say is sponges are gross. Yeah. Sponges are gross and they like retain too much water. You know what I mean? Like they're just, sponges are too wet. And the thing about Mm -hmm. papaya, a papaya reusable towel is that it's like, it is the right texture. It's like wet enough to actually clean the counter, but not so wet that it doesn't dry it. No, it's a great product. Down with sponges, up with papaya reusables. I am over sponges. Papaya reusable towels, just one replaces 17 rolls of disposable paper towels, which is shocking. Not 17 sheets, 17 rolls. Papaya reusables are incredibly absorbent, all natural, dishwasher safe, and 100% compostable. Once you get it wet, the material becomes super soft and sort of feels like a cross between a paper towel, a rag, and a sponge. But again, not a gross sponge. They don't get smelly or mildewy. And when they start to get too dirty to use, you can just throw them in the dishwasher. Each paper towel has a hole in the top left corner and comes with these cute hooks. So after you use them to clean, you can just rinse them out in the sink and hang them back up to dry. And it's not embarrassing to hang them up like next to your sink because they're super cute. They have the cutest patterns on them. They have extremely, extremely cute, colorful, fun patterns on them. They're also quick drying. So you don't have that weird mildew smell like regular dish rags have. They're absorbent. They're reusable. You can use them in your kitchen, your bathroom. If you want to keep some aside that don't get dirty, you can use them to wipe down your kid's face. They're just really a truly wonderful product that are going to save you money, help save the environment. They're great. So use the code a thing or two 20 and get 20% off your first order at papayareusables.com. That's 20% off your first order with code a thing or two 20 at www.papayareusables.com. Okay. I have one more thing to talk about. Jessica Defino has this newsletter called The Unpublishable, and it was recommended by Val Monroe, who has a wonderful newsletter that we talked about called How Not to Fuck Up Your Face. And for context, Jessica's bio on her site is, I'm a pro-skin, anti-product beauty reporter, dismantling beauty standards, debunking marketing myths, and exploring how beauty culture impacts people physically, psychologically, and psycho-spiritually. Psycho-spiritually. I just like love this bio. I feel like there's so many parts of it to highlight. Pro-skin, anti-product, dismantling beauty standards, psycho-spiritually. Like, it's great. There's so much there. She's really, really good. She's really, She's really, really good. I feel like for a long time, I wasn't, I don't think you were either consuming that much beauty, like news and content in general. And you know what? Only a couple months before we interviewed Val and I signed up for for Jessica DeFino's newsletter, I had started subscribing to Arabelle Sicardi's Substack and had had that same experience of being like, oh, I used to really like reading about beauty stuff from really smart people. And I forgot that it can be really good sometimes. Yes. Yes. You know, up to this point of these newsletters, the only content I was consuming, my friend Priya Rao has a podcast for Glossy where she interviews founders mostly. And that like behind the scenes stuff I do really like, but Mm -hmm. this, you know, feels like very different tonally. And I think the analysis analysis that Jessica's doing and that Val are doing and that, yeah, it's just like a different, it's a different approach. And if you're going to start with one place with Jessica's newsletter, read the post called Bella Hadid's Old Nose, which we both just like absolutely so good. So she gets into like all sorts of things here, but it, but specifically the root of this newsletter is the quote from Vogue where Bella Hadid says, I wish I kept the nose of my ancestors. And she basically talks about the fact that like, 
yes, that is interesting, but there's something even more compelling going on. If you like dig into that article deeper and the quote that she highlights is, I was the uglier sister. I was the brunette. I wasn't as cool as Gigi, not as outgoing. That's really what people said about me. And unfortunately, when you get told things so many times, you do just believe it. I always ask myself, how did a girl with incredible insecurities, anxiety, depression, body image issues, eating issues, who hates to be touched, who has intense social anxiety, what was I doing getting into this business? And Jessica spends the bulk of this newsletter breaking that down and tying this to all sorts of other things and says, it's not strange that Bella Hadid felt ugly and insecure and anxious and depressed and still sought to be professionally beautiful. It is exactly how beauty standards are supposed to work for everyone. Right. Her point is that the more you are insecure about this, the more you will go in pursuit of it. That is how this whole you're thing like works. You're like compensating. So you're, you're in like fact, trying to solve the problem. Yeah. You're yeah. in fact yeah. the most likely person to end up in this position because you become consumed and obsessed by it. Whereas someone who is not insecure about it and who's comfortable with it doesn't feel like they need to take any action around it. And that is the beauty industry's worst nightmare. So they yes. have to keep you in this insecure place. Yeah. No, it was really, really compelling. It was, she's, she's smart. <laughs> she's she's extremely smart. And then she has these installments that are called the don't buy list. They're these beauty news roundups, but they're actually interesting. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, there's more context and just analysis in general. And I file them mentally alongside of the news roundups that Casey Lewis does in after school, which are like mm-hmm. basically the Gen Z news you need to know. Yes. I, I think I'm just like, at this place now where I don't want just a link dump. I want someone to tell me why I need to know about the Mm -hmm. thing and maybe why I don't need to even click the headline, just like know the headline and what this person has to say because they're the thinker here. Agreed. (laughs) Agreed. (laughs) How did you feel about the Bella Hadid interview in general? Did you read it? I haven't read it yet. Yeah. How did you feel about it? I thought it was super interesting. I mean, I think that that quote about I wish I had kept the nose of my ancestors. I think I would have grown into grown it. Into it yeah. was so powerful. And maybe just as someone who grew up with insecurity around my nose and got made fun of for it, I felt like it might be this turning point for a lot of young women who want nose jobs. And I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of Bella Hadid's or the way she presents herself in general. And I think it's interesting. And I really appreciated that she spoke out about her insecurities I always find it interesting when someone who professes to be really insecure about something continues to project an image and messaging in a way that is likely to induce insecurity in other people. Yeah. Tons of people do it and you can sort of like understand why, but she- All of Instagram is made for this. Right. But she had so much clarity around her insecurities that it was surprising to me that she, for example, like continues to post these images of herself, you know, that really highlight and emphasize certain beauty standards that are largely unattainable. That was interesting to me. In general, I I found the interview really like interesting and revealing in a lot of ways. And I was glad that it existed. And I I did. I thought her saying she regretted her her nose job felt like this sort of important cultural moment in a way, or at least when it comes to beauty and and for and hopefully for a lot of women who might consider it, especially younger women who you, just, you don't know what you're gonna turn out like. Once she got her nose job at 14. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people do. I mean, that's well, a, a lot age. of I, I is often a, like a bat mitzvah present of some sort or a yeah. 16 yeah, 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 present yeah. or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Jessica DeFino does call out in this newsletter too that rhinoplasty is one of the plastic, it's a plastic surgery you can't take back. Like unlike a boob job or something mm-hmm. that, you know, you can, you can remove implants. You cannot undo this. Yeah. Which does just create interesting context. I did watch the video 
that was linked to in this newsletter about Gigi, who is my mm. my personal Hadid, Yolanda, tell, like basically talking about Gigi and not and like encouraging her to eat less. And it, it this like super cut. And it was really challenging to watch. It was bonkers. And I guess this is like what I struggle with. I don't dislike Bella Hadid, but she's yeah. like, she's not from, like, I'm not like a fan. You know what I mean? Yeah. In the way that you become fans of these online personalities. And I think one of the things that, that hearing her talk about the the pressure to be thin and all this stuff does is I just thought about, well, why do you project this image that you eat burgers and pizza all the time? And, and truly tricked a nearly 40-year-old woman who knows better into thinking, <laughs> I guess she just has the body type where she can do that. And, LOL, LOL. Right? LOL, and I LOL. just... <laughs> she does that because that is what the celebrity industrial complex has told us that women of a certain age and a certain body type in that space are meant to do. Exactly. And this is the thing, like I have a lot... And when I say like, I'm... Again, to repeat, it's not that I dislike her. I'm not a fan of hers. I have a ton of sympathy for her. And I also am sure that she's a really nice person and has, you know, and what I'm just confused, confused by this and not to like toot my own horn, but to like try to relate to it. I remember when I was pregnant or not when I was pregnant, when I just had Cam and you feel compelled to like post all this shit about your baby and you're very alone during maternity leave and you're just like, oh my God, I just had the cutest thing ever. I just want to blast all of this into the world. And I remember feeling really self-conscious about, I don't want to project one thing or the other because I recognize in myself that this is a moment where I'm looking at Instagram to tell me what my baby's supposed to be doing, how happy I'm supposed to be, all of this stuff. And so what you're I would, supposed to look like. Exactly. Yeah. And so yeah. I would always feel really hesitant or just trying to be really, yeah, yeah reticent, yeah, yeah. tried to be really considerate about what is the image I'm going to put out into the world about what this stage of my life looks like and how is it going to make other women who are either in this stage of life or about to go through it or have been through it feel in comparison to their own. And this is really specific and I'm not saying that I did it right, but Claire, that's how I feel about sharing anything on social media at yeah, this point. Yeah, yeah. Like just like it, what, 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 what is my aim in doing so mm-hmm. and like what am I serving? Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, I very much feel the yeah. same. And I think, you know, we've both just been posting a lot less for that, for that reason. But that is what I found. I, I, I found, found myself thinking about a lot reading the Bella Hadid thing. And I think, you, you know, she's also incredibly young. And I tend to forget that about that whole crew of women like Kendall and Haley and Gigi and Bella and all of them. It's just like, oh how, my God. How young they are. And it's, they've been doing this for a really long yeah. time already. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, have to give some leeway in that way for sure. But yeah, I, I found, I, I thought that the article was interesting and well-written and, and felt important in its way. Well, I should read it. And yeah, if you're interested in this topic, Bella Hadid's Old Nose will link to it. Anyway, I'm excited. We have some more Guest Thingies episodes coming up. And I'm excited to try some of the stuff that these that these wonderful people recommend and report back. Me too. I'm really, I'm enjoying our Guest Thingies episodes. If you guys like them, let us know. Let us know if there are specific people you want us to get Guest Thingies from. And yes. please enjoy this sorority POV from our lovely voicemail listeners. That's right. That's the show. Hi, Claire and Erica. Calling back again. This is Molly. I attempted to leave a voicemail before this and then got flustered, um, as one does. But calling about the sorority equivalent of polish and praise, which, side note, definitely going to use polish and praise now. Never heard that before and love it. I was the head of recruitment my junior year, definitely doing a lot of unpacking and reflecting on the whole process because 
it's a bit brutal. Um, but the, I would say the sorority equivalent would be what we called pro con pro. So during the recruitment process, when you were evaluating whether or not a potential new member was a good fit, we would have meetings where you would stand up and share pros and cons. But the idea was that any con, and it could be as many cons as you wanted, but they had to be sandwiched between two pros. Um, but when it comes to 19-year-old sorority girls, they often ended on a pro that was, she has nice hair. Uh, but it was a way to try and make sure that we saw everyone as human. And though they might have had a bad GPA, they were still a really good dancer. Anyways, um, I thought I would call in and share that. So making sure to just sandwich your cons of life between those two pros. Thank you so much. Love this show. Bye. Hey, um, y'all were asking about the sorority version of Praise and Polish, and um, the equivalent would be like if you're going through Rush, like how you talk about the potential new members going through Rush, like to like sum them up. Um, you have a list of words that are like approved to you, so you're not like riding around being like, she's a skank or whatever. And so ours were called Kappa Cognitives. And so those are the approved lists. You have to describe them using only Kappa Cognitives. Um, and if you have like a like negative one, you have to obviously do a like a compliment sandwich but with cognitives. You have to do a pro con pro, basically. And my favorite thing was that the gals would get really sneaky. I've worked with sorority women for an embarrassing long long time. They get really sneaky with the cognitives where they take something that was like a generic cognitive or like not a necessarily you wouldn't necessarily assume it was negative and they would kind of code it to be negative like if she's really outgoing like that means she's a slut not that they do that anymore now they're very big on not slut shaming like I'm totally digressing here um but that was not what they did they would do cognitives and they would just pro con pro them you know classic compliment sandwich um nothing too extreme apart from many other things anyway hope that helps This has been a production of Dear Media, and we are so grateful to the talented team over there for helping us make this podcast happen, especially to our wonderful producer, Ali Slice. You can follow us on Instagram at a thing or two HQ. And if you have ideas for our show or want to advertise, email podcast at a thing or two HQ.com. Find show notes and sign up for our newsletter at a thing or two HQ.com too. If you love the show, consider supporting it by signing up for a secret menu also at a thing or two HQ.com.